Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey everyone, the third issue of the WrestleTalk magazine is now available. Head over to WrestleTalk.BigCartel.com for more information. We've got a great issue this month featuring our reviews of the Royal Rumble, Wrestle Kingdom 10 and Raw 25, including the WrestleTalk crew counting down their top 25 moments of Raw history. So head over to WrestleTalk.BigCartel.com for more information. Support WrestleTalk. Donate on Patreon. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swaft Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. You've got such a bright and breezy demeanour about you because we uh-huh. just... Oh, okay. Oh, no, you're being serious. I was being serious. No, I'm not, I'm not mentioning the fact that you've just come back from the gym. No, yeah, no, I was more referring... I'm exhausted. <laughs> I was more referring to the fact that you just saw the trailer for Christopher Robin for mm. the first time, and I got the joy of watching you watch <laughs> that trailer. Yes, right. yeah, well, it's a lovely, it's a lovely trailer, of course. It's a Winnie the Pooh movie. Christopher Robin is all grown up. I didn't really know. I didn't know the plot. So when you said this is, you know, let's watch Christopher Robin. It starts off with you and McGregor at a bank, and I thought, okay, so this is about A.A. Um, a. Milne mm-hmm. who wrote the books. So I thought that's the that's A.A. A. Milne. He's going to go back home, and he's going to be like, ah, oh, to cope with this epic decision I've got to make, I'm going to write. I'm going to create the Winnie the Pooh characters. But that wasn't the case. He is a, he's Christopher Robin. He's grown up. And in this moment of crisis, I mean, I assume it's a film about a man losing his mind because a cuddly bear turns up. He's hallucinating in this darkest moment oh, to help him out. Yeah, well, I was gonna, I, I should know I'm not allowed to talk about that. Because, um, yeah, I've seen some other bits of it at the Disney Expo, but I'm not allowed to say Oh, we'll talk about that off mic. Sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I thought it was a wonderful, wonderful trailer. And... I just, I'm a big Winnie the Pooh guy, mm. and I'm really excited to see Tigger and Piglet and the rest of the 100 Acre Woods. Yeah. Well, after that, you said, do you remember the Winnie the Pooh theme tune from yes. the animated series? And I was like, I can't, not off the top of my head. <laughs> and you said, play it, because you will remember it. I was like, hmm, I think I would remember it. In my, This is my internal dialogue in my head, monologue rather. There's no one else in there. <laughs> Me, me and Winnie the Pooh discussing <laughs> in my head. You and Winnie the Pooh go, oh, bother. <laughs> yeah. And uh, 
I open up YouTube and type it in. Within, okay, so it took a few notes, but then I was like, Pooh Bear, <laughs> Willie the Pooh Bear. Wherever you go. Oh, won't you take me, please? Oh, it's, it'll be stuck in your head now for yeah. the rest of the day. And actually it's now... such a happy song. Such a happy song. And everyone who's listening to this, who will have also seen mm. that in the 90s when they were growing up, be like, ah, oh, well, now I'm going to have that stuck in my head for the rest of the day. We had, in my house, we only had a few VHS tapes. Sounds like we were paupers. <laughs> we only had three videos <laughs> for our <laughs> entire life. three videos. <laughs> but we, we did. We weren't, you know, we weren't poor, though. We just... Only had three VHS tapes. Your parents aren't interested in yeah. films. Well, and uh, one, no, this is when we were real kids, like really kid kids, and then I was allowed to get Men in Black and Godzilla, mm-hmm. 1997. Which you treasured. Yeah, I really like it. And The Mask. Those are my three, <laughs> and Star Wars. Those are my four movies that I had on tape that I just watch and repeat. But when me and my sister were really little kids, we had like uh, a, a Disney Winter Wonderland mm-hmm. tape. Right. Which was... Lots of different Disney shorts around Christmas time. Nice. But we would watch it all year round. Yep, obviously. We had a Winnie the Pooh collection and we had a Fisher Price. Yeah, okay, so Fisher Price used to release video cassettes with animated, you know, their figure, their figures when you were kids. They they would have like little families and it would be a few stories of like them going to the barn them at Christmas. We had a lot of Christmas stuff. <laughs> yeah, Probably got it at Christmas. Yeah, and we'd watch the heckins out of those videos. Oh, man. Well, we I had um, a Trapdoor, uh, which I was a big fan of. Trapdoor was the claymation show yeah. about like a big blue creature uh, called Burke, and he has to guard the Trapdoor because there are monsters lurking mm. below the Trapdoor, and inevitably every episode a monster will escape and it's about him chasing around the castle so that he can get it back yeah, downstairs that sounds so familiar yeah. I don't you seen open it. that trap door Winnie the trap <laughs> door <laughs> and so I had a trap door uh, the shoe people um, I think I, I might have, know the shoe people and I think I might have had some Poddington Peas Poddington Peas <laughs> yep Poddington Peas at the bottom of the, the garden, garden amongst the birds and the bees it's Winnie the Pooh <laughs> Bear Winnie the Pooh Bear <laughs> I was humming the raccoons theme tune after we watched that. Yeah. And that also became Winnie the Pooh Bear's <laughs> chorus. All songs should now have win- my entrance music when I become a wrestler. Yeah, it's going to be the Winnie the Pooh. No, no, it's going to be a badass Nakamura guitar level thing. And then the chorus is going to be Pooh Bear Winnie the Pooh Bear. <laughs> oh, we should contact Joe Hendry and get him to do it. Local yes. <laughs> hero, Winnie the, the Pooh, Pooh Bear. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, we've got some emails in. Obviously, if you want to send any emails that you want us to talk about on the podcast, it is luke at wrestletalk.com. People send me a lot of questions, but these aren't really for questions. They're just like people just emailing me nonsense. Mm. That's what I'm looking for. What else do they email you, Luke? Pictures of Bobby Roode. <laughs> Although, <laughs> funny enough, someone... And I, Rick Roode. And Rick Roode. So the, the joke was, uh, if you're a new listener to this podcast, if you're a new listener to this podcast looking for us to talk about wrestling, we just spent the last five minutes talking about Winnie the Pooh. Mm. But um, we... Uh, the joke we made about the email is if you're going to send me uh, rude pictures or be rude with the email, at least be Bobby and uh, Bobby or Rick about it. Someone sent me an image of Bobby Rude, and the subject was Bobby Rude. There was no actual content in the email, but it was um, actually a naked man, but they'd superimposed Bobby Rude's face onto it. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> so, thank I you. it was Seth Rollins' naked picture. <laughs> thank you to whoever sent that. But we did get this email in from Sam Smith. 
not the song uh, songmaster Sam Smith, of mm. course. Well, it might be. I don't know. I, I'm, not not generic music maker Sam Smith. Oh, you might anger some Sam Smith fans. Who, I don't care because who, they're the most average people on the planet. <laughs> no, those are Coldplay fans. No, at least Coldplay <laughs> had something back in the day. No, even Come on, then, that was three albums of awesomeness. No, it wasn't. Behavior, and then they were like, nah, now nah, we've hit our stride. We're not going <laughs> to do anything more than this stride. It's clocks and that's about it. And that I passed my grade two theory. Did you really? Clocks. No, you grade play, two practical. I forgot you could play no, piano. You, no, but not to the extent you'll get... Because you thought grade two was really good as if grade one was the best. Yes. Grade eight is the best. Right. I'm literally like a white belt <laughs> in piano key karate. But at, but at least you can play that one song. Not anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore. No. no. Anyway, Sam Smith writes, I am a chemistry PhD student, so quite likely he is not the Sam Smith that we're wow. referring to. Wow, a chemistry PhD student? Yes, and I'm once again obsessed with all kinds of wrestling. I got back into wrestling around the time Stephen and Mel had his Stardust rivalry, only because I watch Arrow. But I stayed, and I'm thankful I did. Good grief, this guy's smart. Isn't he just... Uh, now, I have incorporated a very over-gimmick from recent times into my lab life, which absolutely nobody else in my lab gets. In the, f- <laughs> in the fume hood, we have a vacuum line, and over time it gets very dirty. A fume hood? Yeah, I'm not sure what a fume hood is either. I imagine it's something that goes over a station oh. to collect all the fumes and gas. Maybe. Yeah, that's probably exactly what it is. Uh, it gets very dirty. Therefore, after giving you a good clean, I channeled my inner Chris Jericho and made my own list of people banned from using my fume hood nice. picture is attached <gasps> no. it got me thinking have you and ollie ever incorporated a something something wrestling themed into your real life scenario and here is the picture of the fume hoods no. oh well it is yeah it look at that and he's scrawled on it in some form of pen the band list everyone except sam riffer Riffle Peter. Riffle Peter. Riffle Peter. That's it. Line cleaned recently. Everyone is banned and you have just made... There's a picture of Chris Jericho and an impact font. The best font, I hasten to add. It says you just made the list. And what does it say right in the corner of that printed out image? Memegenerator.net. We know where you make your memes. (laughs) Sam Smith. Sam Smith. Let's have a look at that fume fume generator. Fume hood. Fume hood. Wow, that looks like serious chemistry. Doesn't it? I bet that's got loads of different chemical chemistries in it. Yeah. Look at all the chemistry in it. I wonder what sort of... that chemistry? I can't even begin to think what sort of chemistry he might do with this chemistry fume hood. Something to do with Bunsen burners, I I reckon. Yeah, probably. A Bunsen um, burner and a blue flame. Maybe some beakers. Beakers. Beep, 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 beep. Yeah, that kind of beaker. And a conical flask. (laughs) <laughs> what else? They didn't use that Muppet name, did they? No, they just stuck, no. just stuck with Bunsen oh, and Beaker. Did. Yeah, he's, he's a, a lesser-known character. What is he? One of um, uh, Electric Mayhem, mm. one of those background uh, musicians yeah. that you can never name. So uh, he's asked us a question. Though. Yeah, uh, have you or Ollie uh, or other people ever incorporated something wrestling-themed into your real-life scenario? Well, obviously, mm. we we work in a very wrestling-based environment, so we have you know wrestlers that pass through here. Some of our editors are you know are very much within the wrestling world so everything's a gimmick yes everything oh my god isn't it everything in this studio is a gimmick can you pass the gimmick over there yeah oh have you got that gimmick that i need oh have you, uh, i need to get that gimmick off you because i need to take it down to the other gimmick later on everything's a gimmick so so yeah most nouns in in sentences are replaced with the word gimmick yeah uh, and i yeah i did it um did i tell you i did this in real life when i i was having a nice adult dinner with my 
a girlfriend's best friend couple mm -hmm. and uh, we were talking about charity. No, they were talking about a charitable cause that they were sort of involved in. I was like, oh, what's the gimmick? <laughs> and uh, because, you know, that's just how we speak, right? And uh, they took this, like, they actually went, like, they, they went, they recoiled a bit yeah. and they went, it's not a gimmick, it's a charity. I was like, Oh no, that's not a bad thing. <laughs> gimmick, okay, because I work in wrestling a lot. This this is just part of my lexicon. Gimmick means like concept. Yes, yeah, concept. Yeah, and I got this when I used to do the old movie, the old old version of the Flickering yeah. Movie Cast. One of our co-hosts, Ro Rowan Morby, very mm. serious about movies. Rowan, Rowan Morby got very annoyed at me because uh, uh, Boyhood's that film, which is like it's where it's filmed over twelve years yeah. or whatever it was. I said like, oh, you know, the gimmick of the film is that it was filmed over twelve years with the same kid, and he was like, it's not a gimmick. It's really not a gimmick. It's a very serious... I was like, no, 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 that's what I mean. It's, a, yeah. it's, a, it's just a concept. It's a good thing. It, but it is like... Gimmick is a unique selling point, really. Like, what, what's unique? What's the gimmick? Yeah, what's the gimmick? What, what, yeah, and it, that's a wrestling piece of verbiage. But uh, anyone who gets annoyed, I think, by you saying that kind of disqualifies them from being on the elite friend list. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm sure I've got loads more, Sam Smith. Yeah, well... But, uh, I, but other people send in yours where, where wrestling things have infiltrated your real life. Absolutely. Uh, James Huntley asks when we're going to get to the Canadian iTunes reviews. I didn't even know that was a function. So maybe we'll do those next after we do the okay. finish off the Isn't US ones. the US? No, not really. Being glib. It's, uh, or as uh, Scott Steiner once referred to it, Mexico North. <laughs> Uh, Leo Keefe asks, "What is your favourite biscuit?" The big, the big questions. Favourite biscuit? I've got a soft spot for a pink wafer. Oh, nice! Like uh, uh, the uh, Pink Panther ones. Yeah, yeah. Because my grandma used to have them. It was like one of my only memories of her. So that. What about yourself? Uh, bourbon biscuits yeah, is probably strong. that's numero uno. I think uh, custard creams. Yeah, followed by a custard cream. Yeah. Big, big fan of like. Biscuits with something in the middle. Mm. Should we get on with the show? Um, maybe. Yeah, go on then. And on this week's episode of Raw, we had the biggest debut we've seen in years on WWE television, and that is Vanguard 1 and Skarsgård, the dilapidated boat, which are both characters from Matt's broken universe back from the TNA Impact wrestling days. Uh, so it now looks like those are going to come into WWE along with a number of other Broken Universe characters because I will read out Matt Hardy's tweet. It's time to... I'm not going to do the voice. It's time to convoke my trusted platoon, Queen Rebecca. That's Rebby Sky, his real-life wife. Senor Benjamin, that's Rebby's real-life father and gardener. It's, it's weird, weird. Vanguard 1. King Max Vanguard 1 is a drone. This is for people who don't know anything about the Broken Universe. King Maxel is uh, their son and Skarsgård the uh, dilapidated boat. Of course, King Maxel is the youngest professional wrestler ever, having beaten Rockstar Spud, the now Drake Maverick in WWE, in a, like, 20-second match where Senor Benjamin used the, what are they called? The electric shockers. A cattle prod. Cattle prod on... Or no, a taser. A taser on uh, Rockstar Spud and Maxwell got the pin. So, uh, this this happened in the in Raw after Bray Wyatt's match. Bray was like, you know, I'm calling out Matt. Matt appears on the Titantron as is his woken way. And he says, well, you will 
face me at Ultimate Deletion at the Hardy Compound. And they had a little promo package of the Hardy Compound with Vanguard 1 flying around a sort of graveyard area with loads of Hardy signs in there. Matt doing his craziness. This was all shot by Rebby Sky. So they're not... This wasn't the old TNA footage, as some people have well, that uh, was, claimed. That was going to be my question. Mm. Well, was this the Impact Wrestling stuff? No, no, because it could have been, because Matt now owns the rights to that footage. Yes, that's what I thought. Uh, well, reportedly. So, no, this was actually shot by Rebby Sky, apparently last Tuesday, this is, according to Rebby Sky. This is OG. Yeah. OG New Compound. This is, this is bespoke material mm. for WWE. So... As someone who hasn't been convinced by the woken or broken gimmick yet, mm-hmm. what do you think, Luke Owen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, okay. And this is the thing, and like that's not that's not Matt's fault. That's not the Woken Universe's fault. That is WWE's presentation mm. of uh, the Woken Matt Hardy since his debut in December last year. Yeah, well, November I think. Yeah, like November, yeah. December, like late last year. It's just been something that I've not been fussed on. Mm. I haven't enjoyed a promo. Um, I've not enjoyed Bray Wyatt in not it. even the Goldfish one. Mm. Uh, I haven't enjoyed uh, any of the, the two matches that they've had. So, I mean, it's, it's ex- like I'm intrigued in that this is going to be better in theory because it can be a lot more wacky. It can be a lot more this, that, and the other. But... At the moment, I'm just like, eh, I'll wait to see it when I'm at WrestleMania. But it's not like the thing come WrestleMania I'm most excited about. Do you think they're going to do it at WrestleMania? Well, though? that was the story, wasn't it? That was the rumour that it was going to be at uh, Mania. Mm. Oh, yes. That was reported last week by yeah. like a PW Insider or something. Man, I hope they don't do it. That will die a death. That, to me, is your go-home or two weeks out from Mania. Because there's going to be so many matches to fit on the Mania card. You don't need to have this match on there. Just have it as a big featured match on the Raw two weeks out. However, it is going to be in front of the hardest of the hardcore fans, who will most likely 95% be into the broken stuff that he did, you know, three years ago, whatever it was, two years ago. So they're the ones who are going to enjoy it the most and will give it the loudest reception, as opposed to, say, the audience that was there to watch the House of Horrors match that booed it because it wasn't in the arena. That audience there at WrestleMania will love it... Because it's Woken Matt Hardy nonsense. But you're going to be watching a, I mean, like a 5, 10, maybe even 15 minute pre-recorded match in an arena. Although it's got a closed roof this year, hasn't it? I, oh, I don't think that's going to go down well. With that many people for WrestleMania, I don't know what the attendance thing, but probably around 60,000, 70,000, Oh, right? yeah, it'll be huge, yeah. Oh, that'd be awful to sit through something like that. That is prime go to the toilet, get your refreshments break. I, uh... Oh, I don't think that's a good idea. I'm not saying it's the the, the best idea I've ever come up with, mm. but I mean, I, I I just think that that's the right audience to put it in front of. Because if you put it in front of a raw audience, say the week or two weeks before, you may incur the wrath of people going like, "Oh, hang on, I've just paid to watch Raw, and all I'm doing is I'm watching a TV screen for 15 mm. minutes." Because those are your, your casual fans you're going to lose. Whereas you do it in front of the hardcore fans, they're just going to they're going to love it regardless. But you get, I mean, obviously you get a lot of hardcore fans at WrestleMania, but you get a huge amount of casuals as well. If anything, I think you'll probably have the same percentage split. It's oh, just, not at it's all. Just more. No, it's just more. No, not at all. Oh man, like if you think about the the the, I mean, I know it's slightly different because it was a hundred thousand people. What was that WrestleMania thirty two? The, the that was there were only so many hardcore fans who are willing to travel 
all that way to WrestleMania. I think the majority of fans are going to be casual fans. Oh uh, no, I I, I disagree. Like like la- look at last year mm. when the Hardys returned and the delete chants there, which were echoing throughout the arena because everyone was doing it. Mm-hmm. That's your mm-hmm. hardcore fan base. Casual fans are just there going like, hey, it's the Hardy Boys. They're not joining in with delete nonsense. They're just enjoying the Hardy Boys. But everyone was into delete as opposed to the Hardys. Are Could be crowd mentality, though. I don't think you can rule out, oh, everyone's doing this. Yeah. I'm going to do this, I'm too. I'm going to do this, too, yeah. Oh, someone's got out a beach ball. Mm. Sounds fun. Uh, the... I it, it'll be interesting to see because I am although I didn't like the gimmick at first when it first debuted in TNA I did come to really really enjoy it but that was never really broadcast I mean that the ratings they do back then was about 350 to 400,000 which is I mean what is that that's like a it's under under a sixth of what WWE Raw does on a, on a weekly basis yeah so whether this is a gimmick and something that has a limited appeal you know, to, to, to those hardcore and it's just confusing to everyone else, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes down to a larger WWE, I hate to say it. No, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say universe. I'm going to say fan base. Yeah, I was going to say because that's the, the key thing with the broken universe back when it was in TNA because mm. a lot of people talk about how much of a draw it was. But actually, statistically, it wasn't that much of a draw. Like, TNA were doing, say, 340,000 viewers on a weekly basis regularly. And then they did the whole episode from the Hardy Compound. And they did episodes where, like, it's going to be the, uh, the, you know, a Hardy Compound thing. We're going to have a match here. It's going to be, you know, Decay or Deletion or whatever, you know. They're going to do Delete or Decay. Delete or Decay. And it would only bring in an extra 20,000 viewers. Mm. So it's not, like, it, it is a draw. But it's not like, oh, TNA have finally found something that's going to turn the fortunes around. I hope I'm wrong, but my... Looking at the numbers of the past and my own personal opinion, I think this is a bubble mentality. Whether we're wrestling fans, and obviously a lot of wrestlers really enjoyed it as oh, well. Yeah, Chris Jericho yeah. loved all the stuff. He said, yeah. you know, this was the most interesting thing that is happening in wrestling right yeah, now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm sure Jim Cornette loved it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I don't... I, I think that might be a bubble mentality. Yeah. And it's going to either confuse or off-put a lot of others. I, and I think you can kind of tell that already because there are casual fans who just aren't into this, uh, to the Woken Hardy character as is. But that's, you said yourself, that's as much to do with WWE booking and this never-ending Bray Wyatt feud. 100%. But then if, you, if you're if not liking it as it currently is, I'm oh, sorry, sorry. If, you, if you don't like it as it currently is, and then it just gets wackier... Are you going to be like, no, I'm just completely turned off by this now? Yep, that could could very well happen. Or it could be, okay, you're going hard. Go hard or go home. And sometimes people like it Sometimes hard. people like Sometimes <laughs> people love it when people go hard. So I've heard. From, you know, Seth Rollins' hard bod body. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, having said all this and all the criticism, this, just seeing the shots and the weirdness... It brought a huge smile to my face. It did feel like a soft reboot of Matt. Yeah. I was gonna so say, yeah. I'm hopeful. I was going to say, I, for all the criticism that I've just given it, when he said the challenge will take place at the Hardy compound, I did have this sort of like, finally, right, we're, mm. now, we're now getting somewhere with this. We now feel, I feel like we're actually finally moving forward with this character. The same way, and I, we had this conversation last year when... Matt kept doing the delete teases, but it was never paying off to anything. And we just said, like, either do it or don't. 
Yeah. Like you, you either go full with this gimmick or you don't bother doing it and just do the Hardy's nostalgia thing. You can't have it both ways. And now I'm at the same point here. It's like you either do it at the Hardy compound or you just, you're just a character. Mm. Like you're just a WWE character. So I'm, I'm glad that they're finally moving in this direction because this is the direction that in theory could turn the ship around. Yeah. Go hard. And go hardy. You, go hardy. You're welcome. Oh, I've never even thought of. Oh, there's so many. I hate it when genuinely good jokes come to light after I've recorded the news. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's oh. so obvious. Yeah. Prepare for that to be awkwardly fudged, fudged into tomorrow's episode. Uh, but the speaking of go hardy or go home, the other bit of news outside of Raw is that Jeff Hardy is medically cleared to return, and the bar have, as we're going to discuss in the full Raw review, have no programme at the moment. It's almost, it's ridiculous how little little of a programme they have. They do have a programme. They're, they're squashing the tag team division. Mm. But maybe Jeff Hardy returns in this compound match. They beat Bray Wyatt and then they move on to uh, to face the bar. But that's only if your theory is that it's going to not end at WrestleMania. If it's going to end before Mania... I think that I'm mm. I'm going to put money I would put hard money down hardy um, money I'd put, yes there it is I would put hardy money down which means it's not real legal tender sure. uh, I would put hardy money down that A this will take place at Wrestlemania and B that's where Jeff makes his return and if it doesn't take place at Wrestlemania the Hardys aren't on the Wrestlemania card I think they should just do Jeff Hardy's new gimmick should be that he comes back at Wrestlemania every year <laughs> big, big shock return Haha, <laughs> it's a Raw review looking jacked, man! So the 5th of March 2018 episode of Raw kicked off with Kurt Angle coming out and calling out Triple H for sucker punching him at the end of the previous week's episode. And he, he this was a nice callback, I appreciated this, because I kind of forgot it happened myself and it justified everything that came afterwards. Kurt said, I said, the last time you punched me, that would be the last which was Survivor Series when Triple H turned on him. And, you know, I'm going to come for you now. So he calls out Triple H. And out comes Steph instead mm. and her horrible entrance music. And you brilliantly, know- she said, Triple H isn't here right now. Yeah. When he... he oh, he was! That was a gr- I love that touch. You know where you don't hear a theme song for some time? Because I haven't heard Stephanie's McMahon yeah. theme song in a while. I Probably since Survivor Series. Mm. And then you just hear it again four months later and you're like, oh, I forgot how terrible it is. It just reminds you every mm. time. You're like, oh yeah, this is awful. I, uh, I appreciate the opinions of everyone who comments on our videos. As do I. But then some people say... I don't like I don't mind Stephanie McMahon's entrance music and those are the only times I'm like no you're objectively wrong <laughs> that's that's the incorrect thing that's that makes no sense in any universe <laughs> or any broken universe yeah any broken universe so Stephanie McMahon then kind of does does the thing which I I don't I'm over it now I don't like this but it worked where she was like well you know you've got kids to support you've got two uh, not two wives. He's not a Mor- Mormon. Yeah, Mormon yeah. have uh, polygamy. Uh, he, he's got an ex-wife. You know, alimony. She said, she said the wrong amount of kids. Yeah, she said you got four kids, and he went five. Yeah, with Jason Jordan, and who knows who else? Let's be honest. Who else? Uh, so that was kind of Heath Slater's got ki- got kids gimmick, it's, and this was what they did to Mick Foley and loads of other people before. It was just... You're lucky to be here. Yeah, the McMahon's been like, yeah, but, you know, we pay your bills. And I know this is in storyline, but it just... It's a well that's been 
scraped dry by the McMahons and they go back to it so much that everyone financially depends on them that it, it's it's a little bit sickening. I, I don't like it. Yeah, and I think there are some wrestling journalists um, who would say that you should never, like, portray your wrestling stars mm. as like paupers I yeah. mean like if you didn't have this job then you will be flat broke and you'll have no money you should portray them as like larger than like yeah. real super like superheroes who like money is absolutely no object to them because they make so much money by being a wrestler or being a general manager or being a whatever that life is absolutely mm. brilliant for you you should aspire to be them but WWE want to put the company beyond any star yeah. whereas like you look at Floyd Money Mayweather or Conor McGregor, they you would never ever see them go. Yeah, but I do need to, you know, Dana White. I'm need, really thankful to Dana White. <laughs> I really need this fight. Yeah. If I don't have this fight, I can't pay my mortgage. Yeah, oh, <laughs> I've got, you know, I've got. They've got more, but you've got the words the F U stitched into your suit, Connor. That's what I want to see from people. But maybe, uh, you know, screw you. Something a little bit more PG for yeah. WWE. We'll come on to that in a little bit, actually, because I've got a question yes. uh, around that. Yeah, yeah. Naughty words. Naughty Luke. So, uh, Ronda Rousey then comes up in classic 101 babyface style. We talked about it with the Golden Lovers match on the Ramble Club podcast, where she high-fives everyone at the ring. Yeah. Huge smile on her face. And they get in there, and uh, they sort of have a back and forth. Ronda is, I think, the, the best she's been so far on the mic. Yeah, I, I, not brilliant. But I think there was getting there. Yeah, I thought she was much better. She kind of cut like she was very smiley going around in the ring. But as soon as she got into the ring, she was all business, and she's kind of cut this promo with Stephanie. And, and like that, that's when they made this point of just like you get your WrestleMania match. You know, mm. it's in your contract. You get a match at WrestleMania, but it can't be a title match, and it has to be against an active member of. I like that. I, I like, like that they put that in. Yeah, I like that as well. But then there was a it was a kind of an awkward moment because it almost felt like Stephanie like trampled on the promo by saying like, mm-hmm. oh, can we have a drum roll, please? And then the drum drum roll didn't play and then the drum roll did play and then Ronda announced it as the drum roll was still going on whereas you kind of you meant to wait for the drum roll to end yeah and it would have just been better if Stephanie hadn't said anything and Ronda just said like my opponent is you I completely like, like agree. that would have worked so much better. and it would have had more impact but it was kind of I don't know it, just, it didn't work really in the end it's because Stephanie's always trying to get herself over that's what I admire about Triple H and I know he's an expert at getting himself over but when he has to when the job has to be done he does it like an absolute pro. Mm-hmm. He will, you know, like that facial expression for Braun, the way he sold for Kurt this week. I, I really like Triple H at the moment. I'm He's a bit great. of a Triple H kick. Uh, so this, brought, as soon as she challenged Stephanie, this brought out Triple H. Oh, I thought he wasn't here. Which was, I, love <laughs> so I love yeah. that. And he like, you know, he sold this like a million bucks. No, 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 you can't do that. You can't do that. Talking over his own entrance mm-hmm. music, not doing an entrance. It was just like, whoa, no, I've got to put a stop to this yeah, now, yeah. character-wise. He looked panicked. He looked like a doofus, which is exactly <laughs> what was needed from him at this point. Not trying to get himself over. He was getting that angle over. So are we trying to say that... That in... angle, the cat. <laughs> so are we trying to say that in this McMahon authority dichotomy, Stephanie is Vince and Triple H is Gerald Briscoe? No, I think or Triple is, H is, is Vince and Stephanie's just this new character <laughs> that's not actually the most effective way to do this. Okay, fair yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, because all of all of Vince's gang were goons. Yeah, they, they were all doofuses. Yeah, whereas Stephanie is... Eh, no, I'm the best. <laughs> I'm just the best, I'm mate. I'm just the best. You just spat on oh, me. Oh, sorry, no, really? I <laughs> yeah, got a little bit of... so sorry. That was like a New Japan spot. <laughs> I should no-sell that now and clobber you with a forearm. 
<laughs> I'm terribly sorry. So Angle uh, has a brilliant line then. And I... Some people have been a bit sniffy on Angle's performance this week. I think... Really? And, and I, yeah, I saw a few people go... He's fumbled a few lines still. And he did. But uh, he has been bad ever since he came back, in my opinion. He's been bad. Uh, bar that one delivery of... That's not how you spell soft. Yeah. To Enzo Amore. And... Those cost $10 million. Oh, yes. <laughs> but that was good because it was bad. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Oh, I want to relive that. I'm going to watch that as, as the, the brawn moment when he has to run after the production trucks. They cost $10 million. <laughs> but this was uh, uh, Kurt. I, I, I feel like he's more comfortable when he knows he can get physical. Yeah. When he knows there's an element of physicality to the segment or to his character. He is just more confident in his lines. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, thought, I, I really liked him here. Yeah, so Angle made the match. He's like, well, you know, Stephanie, you also have another contract, which is a, a performance contract, as do I, as does Triple H. Let's make this a mixed tag match for WrestleMania. The authority are going mad. There's a bit of a scuffle. Kurt looks awesome beating up Triple H and that's as much to do with Triple H as it is for Kurt because he sold like a pro and just just seeing Kurt lock in that ankle lock mm-hmm. pr- like I f- that got me because I love Kurt Angle he's your favourite of all time of all time and it has been it's been tough it's, it's, it's like like him Weezer <laughs> it's been tough because he hasn't been good they have, it, he hasn't had his blue album yeah yeah, yeah, quite yeah, some yeah. Time. but this this was like that period of time when Make Believe came out <laughs> And I thought maybe this this could be this it. could be it again, <laughs> or that you know they released the singles and this is a single that oh but the, the rest of the album is yeah. a midlife crisis. <laughs> uh, so Kurt books this and Stephanie attacks Ronda from behind and then runs off and then comes back in and Ste- uh, sorry Ronda does what I've written down as a Samoan drop. I thought it was yeah. Mm, well, it's actually a judo throw. I can't find it actually. I haven't got the notes. That Runders tweeted out, that move is actually like a a reverse something something throw. Is this a bit like where Eric Bischoff <laughs> used to do this on commentary when he was in WCW, which is just like people would throw a kick and it's like it's not a kick, and then he'd give you like the specific karate style name for that kick. No, mate, just call it a kick. Well, I, it is like yeah, yeah, like, I guess, mate, just it call is. it a Samoan drop. It is, but. This comes... It, it's a lot more legitimate coming from Ronda... I mean, she... Than, she, than, uh, she than Eric. flattened yes. Stephanie with this. I've seen a couple of wrestlers um, uh, shoot on it a little bit, saying, like, it looked oh, really? really dangerous. Um, it's a back bump. Yes, but because she came down so heavy with her. Hmm. Um, I've seen a few people get a little bit um, sniffy about it, as one might say. Uh, but I thought, you know, I thought Ronda looked really good here. Mm, so, overall, I thought this was a superb segment. Yeah. And... Uh, they have re- they are really delivering because it, it you know it looked ropey when we heard the intergender match plans look ropey but I think this is probably actually the best use of Ronda uh, they're in a high profile match with everyone else it could conceivably close WrestleMania oh I don't think it will close Mania no Roman Brock it, Bro- Roman Roman Brock is closing Mania yeah, yeah, come yeah, on now right. but I thought to, to give this a rating I'm I'm making this a thing because I eventually want to make it a T-shirt <laughs> stuff good this was a stuff good segment i like that it's like our own ups and downs <laughs> i can't say I can't that, say that mate. Shh, shh. 
What uh, what did you think? I thought this was really good, and um, I mean, I've yet to see this from people, but the people that often uh, bemoan Dave Meltzer saying that he uh, doesn't have any sources and he's out of touch, he was the only one to have actually had this one right. What a hack. What a that hack. guy is. So next up we had Asuka versus Nia Jax. In, I, I mean, the crowd, the crowd weren't good. For this entire show, mm. they were, uh, hot, they were for hot, for the, hot for the opening, yeah. But uh, this hot for the stars. This match was dead for most of it. I I really liked the match. I really liked the finish. I, I really thought... so yeah. I'm not a fan of WWE's recent style of having one wrestler dominate and then lose at the end. Mm-hmm. But I this was a, they told that story well here. That yeah. is a good story, just not all the time. Yeah, I just I thought the ending to this match was really good. It kind of it played upon the story they told in their elimination chamber match, which is all about uh, Asuka getting in submissions, but Nia powering out of them and then hitting big old power moves, including some like really cool power, like airplane her, spin. Her reverse airplane spin was <laughs> like oh, like a crucifix airplane spin yeah. was nuts, and she did um a, a press slam and a press um, slam. Oh, over her head for yeah, ages, yeah, like. You know, that's not a spot you can really get over in 2018 because it doesn't look as impressive as it did in 1992. Mm. But, like, it just looked really awesome. And Asuka took such a great bump off of it as well. Just lay flat, took it as safely as possible. Really awesome. But the ending of just, like, Nia just doing everything she can to, like, not tap out... I thought it really, really worked. It really protected Nia. It made Asuka look great. Big fan of this. Yeah, so Asuka, the ending at the very least. Asuka got in this armbar. And, I mean, she probably kept it on for a minute and a half. Mm. A long time, and Anaya keeps on trying to get a rope break, but she falls over back into the middle of the ring. Really good. I and really, it, really. It was like this. going from the R bar, uh, the arm bar, then transitioning it into a triangle, and then mm, going back mm, to the mm. arm bar, depending on what Nia was doing, which makes Asuka look like the submission magician to yes. steal a phrase from NXT, or apparently from her UFC days as well. So, uh, what was weird then? So you cut back to Alexa and Mickey James <laughs> watching this. Best friend, Mickey James. Best friend out of nowhere, Mickey James. Uh, so, this, this was their third match on the main roster in in recent months, and they've all been pretty damn good, I think. Uh, this I, this is like the second one for me. I really like the January match. Uh, this was better than their Elimination Chamber one, though. I thought the Asuka then scarpers, even though she won the match, and Nia is left in the ring, and I thought they're giving her the baby face applause spot, and then yeah. the, you know she's sad. Nia's sad. She's getting some sympathy. The crowd are lightly applauding. You know, I was like, where's this going? And we'll revisit this later. Yeah, in a segment mm. where... Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it in a little bit, but coming up Chron- next... Chronologically. Chronologically, because coming up next, we've got The Bar versus The Revivals. This was set up on Twitter, because The Bar basically said that we've beaten everyone, we don't set The Bar, we are The Bar, and The Revival said, like, hey, what about us? This match is made, uh, and The Bar won. Yeah, it wasn't... Like, it wasn't an amazing match. It was just a solid match, which makes it average, I guess. Maybe a little bit less than average. But it's just telling this story that the bar don't have any challenges mm. left on the Raw roster. Like, you know, uh, Seamus put out a tweet yesterday saying, like, we still don't have an opponent for, for WrestleMania, which the Young Bucks responded to. But Issued an open challenge. Yeah. So um, I'm, I still think it's, we're going to get the debut of the, either, either Authors of Pain or War Machine next week. Or Hardy Boys. But he's in the, the Bray Wyatt stuff at the moment, and I don't mm, see that happening. Could, mm, yeah, I know what you mean. The I don't think they'll call up what if it. I I don't think it is going to be either of those teams. Maybe it'll be a, a SmackDown versus Raw tag match because they've got nothing over on the other brand either mm-hmm. in terms of Mania. You know, the winner of the New Day Usos. No, they have. They've got uh, Bludgeon Brothers. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. 
Maybe the open challenge will be answered by the APA. Yeah. Or no. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe the bludgeon. You know, there, there could be a trade up soon. I don't know what they're going to do, really. And the rest of the Raw teams, you've got the Revival. They've beaten Titus Worldwide. They beat last week. Galanderson, Heath Slater and Rhino. And... That's it, isn't it? No, there's one more. There's one more. There's one more. I'm going to keep saying there's one more until I can find it. The Miztourage. Oh, they don't count, do they? They kind of count, I guess. Hmm. Uh, so, yeah. And and last week's match was also made on social media against Titus Worldwide. Well, there was a match on um, SmackDown that was also made via social media. It's just, it's a way they uh, build matches these hmm. days. Trying to get you involved in social media. So, we don't know where the bar are going to go with this, but uh, the... the the more significant underlining story here is it's not good for Dash and Dawson. Really, it's not. Vince has totally soured on them as a team, and yeah. that is evidently clear. John Cena wasn't on SmackDown this week because he was back on Raw again. Free agent John Cena. Yeah, just in the most of it. Just goes wherever he pleases. Mm. And uh, I remember when John Cena said he was going to be a free agent, and he said it's so he can have matches with people who he hasn't fought before on both brands to help develop them. And we got a first-time ever match here. We certainly did. So John Cena's out there. He's cutting his promo. He said that he went to SmackDown. He got into the main event of Fastlane, where he's going to become the 17-time world champion, which he said, it's not easy for me to say because, I, you know, I don't want to break this record. This is a record that's been set in stone for the last 20 years. But what a bizarre thing to say. But, but records are made to be broken. He said, I'll become a 17-time world champion, and it will be a triple threat match at WrestleMania between him, AJ, and Shinsuke Nakamura for the WWE Championship. Because he wanted AJ to get his rematch his, clause. Which, you know, that's like, that was a really nice line because I thought, huh, that actually could be a WrestleMania match. And it does make you think, I know the Undertaker match is going to happen, but it kind of makes you think, huh, maybe it won't. Yeah, no, and so that's, that's good. smart way of WWE are trying to like, you know, play with your expectations of, of what is going on. And then who should come out next but Goldust? Mm. And heel Goldust. Yeah, heel again. Um, the change out of nowhere. Flip a coin. Flip a coin. <laughs> what are you, it's like the big show at this point. Mm. What are you this week, mate? Um, but yeah, Goldust comes out. Now, I know at the start of the year, I had my... my uh, you know my my odd prediction of the year, which was going to be that Goldust was going to have one last run either at the IC belt or at the Universal Championship for like a B show. But then all of a sudden, when Goldust came out, I was like, I wasn't right, was I? Like I wasn't. This isn't Goldust like inserting himself into main oh, event feuds. You never thought that, did you? No, because then I, then I had a match. I was like, well, John's clearly winning this, and oh, away we go. But mm. I just thought it was a really odd segment. I don't think it's odd at all because what was the previous night? the oscars uh, oh, yeah, but they didn't he's a movie character right but it didn't tie into the well, oscars. that's the crazy thing i thought they would mention that a bit more that i mean i don't see any other reason for it to be gold because ferdinand was nominated wasn't it yeah for best for best animated, uh, animated but it was never gonna win was, were there only like four animated films yeah. nominated, uh, released last year because i mean i like john cena and all but ferdinand was not like a uh, a mm. best of year contender so uh yeah, Cena beat him in a short match. Yeah. It was what it was. Weird. But, Weird segment. But then, oh, is it Elias next? Or... No, we've, no got, um, we've Hill, got a few bits. Well, we've got the Hillbilly Jim Hall of Fame video. Well, Elias was backstage with Kurt, and Kurt made it a... Uh, a so because it was Elias running away last week, mm -hmm. uh, and I can't remember what happened the previous week. They he get just, disqualified. He, no, he ran away, right. and um, then they ran past the limo. 
and then it moved on yeah, to the yeah, Ronda yeah, Rousey yeah. segment. So Kurt made it a Fool's Count Anywhere match. Yeah. And then it was a Symphony of Destruction match. But it was already a Symphony of Destruction oh, it match. Was, right, and right. then he added to that by making it Fool's <laughs> Count get Anywhere. You. It felt like they forgot a few lines here mm-hmm. in this segment. Uh, uh, then the Hillbilly Jim Hall of Fame cool. video package. Yeah, nice. Doesn't mean anything. He then was, a, got... he was the, one of the very first Legends characters in SmackDown video games on Here wow, Comes the Pain. Wow. So uh, then we got... Because... So we're English, and we have a lot of history already. So we don't have, like, history months over here. But America is a relatively new... Co- I'm, trying, I'm just trying to get my head round why you have so many history months. They just do, I guess. So, like, you know, Black History Month just ended. That isn't a thing over here, by the way. Uh... Uh, and and I thought, okay, that's that's ended. I think we even said, we yeah, no more of the same promo week after week. Yeah, there were a couple of people who thought that we were shooting on Black History Month, and, and we absolutely were not. We were just shooting on WWE making one video and showing it on every yes. show. Like, usually... In the past, they used to do a different video every week. It would be mm. like highlighting a, a you know an African American star from WWE history, and that was the way they used to do it. And I really liked those. But this was just like we've got one video. That's all we're doing. Well, I I like it when it is related to wrestling. But now it's like here's a random celebrity, like they did Jennifer Lopez for Hispanic Heritage Month or whatever it was. And I was like, well, can't you just do Eddie Guerrero? It was <laughs> I think it was like Eddie Guerrero's birthday as well. <laughs> Why aren't you doing Eddie Carrero? So, and and we had it here. Black History Month has just finished. Now it's Women's History Month. And it was the lady who founded the Special Olympics, who I'm pretty sure has no wrestling affiliation either. Cool. Why not just have, you know, Stephanie McMahon's a trailblazer? (laughs) Have a video package on her. Oh, no, you have to do Mae Young first. You do Mae Mae Young. Young, She invented it. You do Mae Young, and then you do Alundra Blaze, then you do Stephanie. Right, yeah, Blaze is in there now, isn't she? Yeah. It's just, it's it's a bit baffling to a country that doesn't have various history months. No, we didn't even know, like, really history days. I didn't. Yeah. Even, I don't even remember anything I learned in history at school. We did. I, oh, we did the '60s as one of our um, uh, courses. What? Yeah, yeah, totally. It was great. We just listened to the Beatles all the time. Yeah, it's pretty decent. I mean, we just did. Uh, I was fascinated by like sort of political reforms, like the health, uh, of course you did, social you big health care. No, it was a social health care. Right? I did, but yeah, uh, like medicine through the centuries. The Wild West is cool. There you go. Have a Wild <laughs> West month. That's really Cowboy Bill Watts. Yep, and maybe do a do a segment on uh, the Will Smith movie, The Wild Wild West. That's not wrestling affiliated. <laughs> you're just you're falling into the same trap as them. Sorry. Anyway, next up we had Hot Off the Women's History Month segment. We had Bailey taking on Mandy Rose. Mm-hmm. Women have come so far. Right. So here's the question I was going to have. Mm. So. Um, Paige comes out with Mandy Rose and Sonia Deville as the leader at the leader of Absolution. I'm doing big air quotes for podcast listeners because they barely feel like a group at this point. And there was she got a tattoo, right? She got a oh, tattoo on her this hand. Controversial tattoo. Yeah. I don't know what it says. Actually. Well, on one hand it says "eat s words," and on the other hand it says "get bit." Well, it says it actually has s h star t, but with the i. Yes. Because I, I, I think the way I said that, we won't get demonetized. <laughs> <laughs> Unless YouTube's algorithms are crazily advanced now. Yeah, man, that's what, that's what mm, they've got to at this yeah. point. Um, so, and that's, I believe, this is why at Elimination Chamber, when she was on the pre-show, she had to have her hands under the table. 
<laughs> because no because it's so obvious on her hands. Mm. And I remember thinking when I saw like I heard this news and a lot of people sent it to me on Twitter and I saw the pictures, I was like, that's a very silly tattoo to get when you're part mm. of a PG product that I know you can't wrestle anymore and I feel really bad for you, but this company wants to give you a job. Yeah. Like don't get a tattoo like that. Um, very self destructive. Very yeah, a little bit. But it was not on I couldn't see it at all on her hands this week she wasn't wearing gloves I, and unless they re- have makeup and well that's what I thought unless they like heavily caked it in makeup or CGI or the tattoos just weren't real to begin with no CGI mate Kevin Dunn's there furiously <laughs> so with a mask that's tracking her across yeah yeah like the uh, the blue dot over Christian well this would just be white <laughs> it would just be the whitest white for Paige's skin tone yeah <clears throat> so but, I, um, I don't know. Yeah, that, I'd be interested that, to know if anyone in the comments uh, knows the the answer behind this. It was interesting though because Paige in this promo said Sasha Banks turned on you at Elimination Chamber. There's obviously some friction between you there. We there's strength in numbers. It, it kind of felt like a recruitment speech to me. But then Paige. it wasn't because it was a match. Yes, but maybe they were proving something. I don't know how WWE's <laughs> mind works. It just there, there seemed to be. Oh, excuse me, there seemed to be some seeds for something at least. Yeah. So Bailey had a match. Sonya Deville actually dominated a lot of it. Mandy Rose. Oh, <laughs> Sonya Deville was at ringside. That's right. Mandy Rose looked pretty good. I thought to be fair. Yeah. In 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 ring wise. Yeah. There was a high knee that I liked. Yeah, and and she carries herself like an absolute star. Yeah, the, she. I mean, what she has in presence sort of does make up the whole equation. Yeah. Uh, And she has that accolade of being the first woman ever eliminated (laughs) from the Royal Rumble and the Elimination Chamber. So Sonya Deville interferes at ringside a lot, but Bailey manages a roll-up win and then Absolution beat her up. Banks runs down for the save. She goes in for a hug, but Bailey just shoves her off. We're doing the Seth Rollins Dean Ambrose story from last year. No, do you (laughs) think? Yeah, I guess it is the same, but I can't see this turning into an emotional reunion yeah they're gonna do the fist bump at the oh, end of it and then win the tag hug. belt mm. the women's tag belts <laughs> that mandy rose will lose first <laughs> then we had what is low-key one of the best acting performances in wwe in quite some time i would say i i mean i've been singing alexa's praises for some time but i thought she ruled in this segment but Nia Jax, man, like, it's not easy to cry on camera, it's not easy to cry on cue, certainly not easy to get that Sinead O'Connor tear going mm, down, a single, single tear, nothing compares to you, man, nothing compared to Nia in this segment, this, either this segment rule. I do, have you not seen the behind the scenes photos? No. So you've got Alexa Bliss and Nia Jax sitting there, and then you've got the camera crew, and just behind the camera crew in Nia Jax's eyeline is Vince McMahon with cue cards saying you're worthless, <laughs> you're not... You'll never make it here in this company. I hate everything you stand for. Say someone just cutting onions. Yeah, (laughs) of course, didn't happen. It was a remarkable piece of uh, uh, acting. Yeah, on acting. It was acting. It was actual acting. She did good acting here. Wow. Well done, Naya. And you know, uh, some people pointed out. uh, One one chap on the YouTube comments said, "You know, as as someone who was." bullied a lot in their younger years for various things that Alexa was saying to Nia about calling her about her weight and stuff. He said, you know, she probably drew on a lot of that emotion to to make those tears. Just, and they look genuine. I, yeah, really, really good stuff. Absolutely. And like, <coughs> as a, a former actor myself, that's what you're sort of taught mm. to do. You're meant to think of like those, draw upon the emotions that your character is meant to be uh, going upon or like, or draw from an experience in your life that can help you get to that point. And it was really good. My, uh, my wife is very good at making herself cry. 
like she's very good at like drawing herself into mm. that moment like if i say something that's like not mean but it's like faux mean to her she's like don't say that or i'll cry like as a joke oh wow two seconds later she could like just get a single tear <laughs> running down her eye she's very good at it that's scary yeah it's very good How, what sort mine of... just cries anyway <laughs> what sort of crier are you <clears throat> i only cry in uh w- movies i cry a lot uh, outside movies, I haven't cried. I don't know the last time I cried. Mm-hmm. Cried because I'm an adult, so I can actually, <laughs> you know, keep those emotions under check. But you know, I do cry in movies a lot. Uh, weirdly, in happy movies. So if it's a really, ha- I don't cry in sad movies. If it's a happy movie, I will cry. Sometimes, rarely, if I'm hungover, I'll just cry at an advert. <laughs> if there is like a particularly emotional advert, there was one for Kodak about like all the moments of your life. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't know. There's a there's a scene like that in uh, oh. Analyze This. <laughs> yeah. That's when Robert De Niro knows he needs to get psychiatric yeah. help as a mob boss is when he cries at an advert. But I, I was more questioning whether, oh, like, sorry. what sort of like are you a Sinead O'Connor oh, like right. single tearer? Because like I, that's... I cry through the nose with snot. Yeah, my, my wife does that the same thing. Like yeah. if it's a really like when we watched um, The Fault in Our Stars, which I'd already seen, mm. and then stupidly decided to watch again because it's the, it's the saddest film ever made. I went to a uh, fun story for you. I went to uh, Perbally. I went to the. I, went, I know it genuinely is one of the saddest films ever made. I went to the press screening of it and absolutely, I cried my eyes out mm. watching the whole thing. It's so sad and it's so emotional. And like I walked out of the uh, the 20th Century Fox screening rooms and the security guard was like, oh, sad film was it actually? I was like, yes, it was actually. <laughs> Kids dying of cancer. This is sad. Yeah. And then oh, my... Spoiler. <laughs> well, that's, that's the plot. And then <laughs> my wife and I watched it and like, and I was like, you know, Sinead O'Connor's tears all the way because that's the sort of crier I am, mm. single tears. But my wife is like, it's all out the nose. Just like everything exits from her face. Wow. That's the sort of cry that she is. That is, uh, what an image. What an image. Well, Naya Our wedding was, was beautiful. <laughs> Naya was the single tear. And yeah, this is, this is, I, it's pretty clear they're turning Naya baby face. Presumably to face uh, Alexa. Well, yeah, because all, everything Alexa was saying, this is why Alexa was so good <coughs> in the segment, mm. was all about how like, oh, you know, you failed again. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah. like you've always failed here in WWE. But all in the guise of a friend. All in the guise yeah, of a friend. It really was good. so, it was so beautifully condescending. I loved this. I, I thought it was great. So I had a theory that we, we're going to reference the Ramble, X, the Ramble Club podcast that's now up for Patreons because that's Subtle been plugs. the last like five hours of our life we've recorded yeah. done a lot of stuff for yeah, it and editing and the uh and we stumbled across maybe this is where they're gonna go with the mix max challenge because if naya is gonna face alexa for the raw women's championship what does asuka do hmm. and we were talking about well, asuka and charlotte what's charlotte doing huh Charlotte and Bobby Roode and Asuka and Miz look like they are on a collision course in Mixed Match Challenge. Is that how you get to Asuka versus Charlotte at WrestleMania? You're actually making Mixed Match Challenge canon. And yes, you would have to make it canon, which is bizarre. Although I think SmackDown sort of made it canon as well when Bobby Roode came out. I mean, I know they mentioned it on commentary, but Charlotte's reaction suggested that it is canon. Maybe it's canon for just them. (laughs) Whoa, and it was a dream to everyone else. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about, man? Yeah, for the rest of them, it was uh, that series of Dallas that doesn't exist. It's or uh, Super Mario Brothers 3. No, it's which Ultimate, all the stage wa- play. Ultimate Warrior appearing in the mirror for Hulk. <laughs> the, 
Did you have you seen anything from last night's mix match challenge? No, I haven't. So there's a bit when Alexa Bliss is knocked off the apron, lands on Braun. Yeah. Braun falls on the floor with Alexa on top of him. They have a bit of a moment. Do they? Braun looks very happy. I'm very. He's yes. a happy monster. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of. Oh, segue. Segue. Braun Strowman versus Elias in a Symphony of Destruction match. Holy moly, WWE, well done. You take a mortal man and put him in control. What a match this was. This was so much fun, and as fun as the match was, hats off to Elias. <laughs> he is a freaking star now. Yeah. But that just, all the stuff before the match, where he goes between instruments and plays a bit of them when he's on the piano, and he just plays the crowd perfectly like he's he's walking down to the ring playing his guitar and then he stops it and you know to finish off the rhyme he says this state sucks and then the crowd boo and then he just pauses and goes i hate every single one of you (laughs) and then he starts playing again (laughs) i just god he's but he's so assured and confident big fan of Elias, and he's added even more to his act this is going to sound like this, <laughs> is, a, this is a really different thing that like outfit that he like was kimono. wearing the kimono adds so much to his character mm. because as soon as he came out of that kimono I was like oh you dick yes. <laughs> you absolute yeah. dick loved it so much uh, so Elias <laughs> this is, and it gets better because <laughs> Elias gets to the ring after playing the instruments at the top of the stage the symphony of destruction match was kind of like uh, what, what were the old t- like it's like a hardcore match, but with just musical instruments at the top of the ramp, yeah, and which can be used as weapons. And Braun, sorry, Elias, after playing his little song, gets to the the ring, and then the lights go down, and Jojo says, "Now I'm going to introduce Elias." And I was like, "This is a bit weird because he's already done the thing." The lights come up. <laughs> Elias is nowhere. They cut to the crowd. He is sprinting out of there after all this like confidence coming down. Brilliant. And then he gets in a car. He goes to drive off. Happening, it's not it, the car's not going, and there's coachman going, like, huh, this can't drive very well. It's the second, put it down again, and then it pans back, and that's because Braun is at the back and he's lifting the car up so it can't drive mm. away. And he's just shouting, I'm not finished with you because yes. that's what Braun does. Just it's just wonderfully wacky stuff. Mm. This, I, I've got a bit of a kick out of this. Oh, yeah, I love 100% because but the. Braun's goofiness is not harming Elias here. No. Because Elias is also goofy. In fact, it's making Elias more of a star. Yeah. It's like this it's like all the Undertaker stuff. This is what this is what Braun's Undertaker stuff is. It's not supernatural. It's just goofy fun. Ah. Oh, they've they've uh, they've really got the act down with Strowman. Although my favourite bit of this whole match was Braun sitting at the piano. <laughs> he's like just he's throwing um Elias hither and yonder. And then he just sits at the piano, and because you know he played the uh, the double bass a couple of weeks ago, you're like, "Oh, we're gonna get Braun playing an instrument here and singing a song." And he just goes, "Blum blum 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 blum," and yeah. that's it. What a, what a brilliant moment! Just like I'm just gonna take a quick moment here. Blum 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 blum. Loved it. Loved and then it. he slams the piano down on top of Elias. Braun pins him for the win. Elias is stretched out. Rust in so peace. That looks like the end of Elias Braun for now. And we've, and we've been talking so much WrestleMania work was done on this show. You you, you had uh, matches booked. You had the 
the main of uh, sorry the, not the main event but the intergender tag the intercontinental title later the seeds of alexa versus naya uh the the fight the ultimate deletion stuff loads of wrestlemania work to build to that show done on this uh this episode of raw but braun what's what's happening with your hottest arguably your hottest star in the entire promotion you don't seem to be working towards anything it's really weird because this happened last year as well because mm. braun was actually getting really hot like this time last year and i was like braun's got nothing for wrestlemania and he just got put into the andre the giant memorial battle royal and was thrown out quite quickly didn't even win didn't even win and mojo rawly won yeah with the help of uh something called the gronk the gronk did it um uh but it was just it's it's odd that Braun doesn't seem to have a path mm. at the moment. But the Sports Illustrated reported a couple of weeks ago that he's going to be in the IC title match with Elias, and it's going to be a fatal five-way. So maybe you're just in that. Or do you just do Elias Braun again, but in a different kind of match? Mm. I mean, it would be good to have a Braun goofy match on the Mania card. You've got to have Elias on the card as well, yeah. because like Elias, <sighs> you talk about hot acts at the moment... Elias is on fire right now. They, you know how they always have a musical act at WrestleMania. Yes, there you go. He's going to come out instead. Yeah, give him the green light because <laughs> he's ready to go. So uh, yes, I'm sure they can come up with something, but it's just it's just weird how they they don't have something for him yet. And I hope it is something of substance, mm-hmm. not just a throwaway gimmick match. Yeah. Uh, speaking of throwaway gimmick matches, we had an announcement for the 50-man Royal Rumble in Saudi Arabia. Biggest Rumble it's match ever. More Rumble than ever. John Cena and Triple H are going to be mm. in it. Stars will be in it. Then we had Bray Wyatt beating Rhino, which sort of became the whole Ultimate Deletion stuff. Uh, Bray Wyatt has a different kind of act at the moment. He sort of looked longingly at Heath Slater. He's not. He's playing a more camp joker level of character rather than his old creepy cult leader he's in his physicality i was gonna say i thought he's playing the gimmick that he's essentially lost his mind Mm. and he's just being extra like wacky now sure that could which i guess ties into a joker like yeah maybe mania then we had i've seen a few people say this went on too long I thought it was very funny. The third annual Mrs. It works because you have the voiceover talking about each of the uh, each of the nominees. That's mm. what really saved the segment. So the, the 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 categories were best at patting themselves on the back. Wonderful. Which was Kurt Angle, Finn Balor, and Seth Rollins. Some of the video package bits there, well, you know, like Finn Balor said he's gonna get his universal title shot. Uh-uh. <laughs> uh, but the best one was worst decision, and all three category, all three nominations rather. Went to Kurt Angle yeah. for various bad decisions. I just I thought it was great, and then when Rollins Rollins comes out to you know say some stuff back to Miz, and then he's interrupted by Balor, which furthers their War of Entrance music from the previous week. Dubbed him now Finn Bluer. Oh, nice because he was very blue, very blue, very blue, in the blue outfit, and so smiley. Mm, like you could yes. not wipe that smile off his face, which is a shame. Because Miz destroyed him on the mic. And he's just only going with this big goofy smile on his face. Yeah, he looks like it, it, it that's that's harming. He should be angry at what Miz just said. Because it devalues what Miz said and it makes him look like a, a goon. Yeah, absolutely. So Miz had this, you know, we're not in Japan now, and this wonderful line. You need far more than a hand sign that isn't even yours to get over. That's of course, really great. Referring to the two sweet Belongs to the Young Bucks. Mm, yes, of course. <laughs> Uh, I I wonder how much Miz comes up with his own material. Oh, because it is yeah. so much better 
than what a lot of other people get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely. And he can deliver it. Yep. But other people aren't getting the quality of material to badly deliver. Yeah. You know? uh, this turned into Seth Rollins and Finn Balor in a handicap match against Miz and the Miztourage. I forgot their names. Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel. Mm-hmm. And it was it was fun. I like this match. Yeah. It told a nice story of Rollins and Balor bickering, but then still overcoming the Miz. Yeah, trying to like one-up each other and just blind tagging in and out. I, I liked it. Mm. And because they both won, Kurt came out and he booked a triple threat between all three men at WrestleMania for the Intercontinental title. Someone tweeted me this morning and it made me chuckle. Kurt's line was, at WrestleMania, you're not facing Seth Rollins, you're not facing Finn Balor. You're facing Seth Rollins and Finn Balor in a triple threat match. Like, so he is facing Seth Rollins <laughs> yeah. and Finn Balor then. Yeah. <laughs> you get there, Kurt. You get in there, Kurt. Yeah, Come there on, we're behind you. So the main event promoted throughout the night was Paul Heyman going to be there, but without Brock Lesnar. Uh, I haven't seen the ratings breakdown, but I imagine this was a huge dip after that first segment as well. Yeah, I was, I was surprised this closed the show mm. because it was a damp squib to end on like great Heyman promo great stuff from Roman just it doesn't it just didn't feel like the ending of Raw it felt like the end of hour two Mm. apart from it's the end of hour three and it was it's just it it felt a little bit weird to end on yeah I think I think it would have been a nicer structure for the show open on that intergender stuff with Ronda Rousey because that's when most people are going to be watching. You want to s- the most eyes on that. You learn from last week yeah. where you put it at the end and that's what the bit that people didn't see. Mm. In the second hour, you have the Paul Heyman promo, like you said. And I think the Intercontinental title, to close on that announcement, that's the Mania match. I think that's fine as a close to the show. When, yeah. when it's uh, That third hour is almost like the Raw post-show now. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Paul Heyman came out and delivered... I mean... It wasn't. It was over long, yeah. and the content was a bit weird. But good grief, his delivery is incredible. In, he was trying so hard to make the crowd care. In lesser hands, this would oh, have come yeah. off quite poorly. But thankfully, Paul Heyman's very good at holding. Mm. He's very good at getting these hands, and he delivered this very well. But you're right, the content of the promo because it had a it had a natural end point, mm. but Roman didn't come out. So then Heyman almost left, then came back to cut another promo, and it was that second one that was a bit weird. Yeah, because the first part, he had that wonderful line about Lesnar's going to win at Mania, and then he'll come back at SummerSlam, Mm -hmm. and he'll bring with him not just the Universal title, but the UFC Heavyweight Championship. I was like, awesome, What what a cool... Lesnar's going to screw over the WWE storyline. And he talks about how Lesnar doesn't have to be there every week because he's a genuine star. He's mm. a, People pay to see Lesnar. In the same way as like you beat The Undertaker. Undertaker wasn't there for 365 days. Mm. No one said The Undertaker was a uh, part-time. No one said that wasn't a worthwhile victory. And then, oh, then he swore on TV. Yes. Naughty Heyman. He said, uh, he said the word that is on Paige's arm. <laughs> but with a bull in front of With him. a bull, yes. Uh, and, yeah, he, he goes to leave and then he comes back, like you said... And then he then he just got a bit weird where he said Lesnar, you know, Lesnar's going to be on Raw next week and you don't want to shoot with Heyman or Brock, which, you know, was a good line. But then he said, this title is Lesnar's bitch, referring to Roman's bitch line at Lesnar the previous week. And it, it really, I don't know, it kind of, it looks good on paper, I think, because I, I see what they were going for, but it. It did come off a bit like Lesnar has sex with the belt. That's what I thought. Yeah, I was, yeah. was going to say the exact same thing. Like, you've got Sable, mate. <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, 
yeah, so that was that was very strange. And then he was talking about the sacrifices you need to make if you are the champion. And he said, on Saturday night before WrestleMania, and your dad's sick, you can't go and see your dad because you've got to fight for WrestleMania at, for the championship. And then you've got to be at Raw the next mm-hmm, night. Yeah. And then you might get to go and see your dad on Tuesday. I thought, where's this coming from? Yeah, it was really odd. Although I will say he had one very good line mm. in all of this. Um, and it was sort of like a, a nice little subtle, not a subtle dig at the family, but a nice little reference to the family without overtly doing it. Yes. It's like, I've got to go down here. After WrestleMania, you can seek a, a new title opportunity. Which I thought was a really nice line, actually. So Afra and Sika are... Uh, one of them is his dad, and the other sure. one is his uncle. Right. I mean, that's... They were the Wild Samoans. That, that's a really... Yeah, I didn't notice that when he said it. I noticed something was weird. I was like, I don't get that. And then someone pointed that out afterwards. Yeah. Very good. Then Ro- Roman comes out, calls Brock a bitch again. That's, because... that's his one thing that he's got. Mm. I mean, and I, I'm a Roman defender, as I've quite and, and a wwe show apparently apologist. a roman apologist perhaps um but this is the one gimmick that he has in in order to like he feels like he can get himself over because this is all he did during the john cena feud as well which is just like mm. i haven't really got anything clever to say so i'm just gonna call you a bitch mm. and and that's basically it and i don't think that's cool in in when like not like cool as in like it's, it's not cool to say like in a you know in a it's just not it doesn't make you look cool it does sometimes, no, but I don't not, think... not, not this time. Look, it was cool last week when he said it. Uh, I don't think it was but cool when you, this week. Yeah, when you do it over and over again, it becomes less cool. Yeah. The uh, kids these days, the language they use, Luke. I'm sorry for you. <laughs> the, uh, it hurts my snowflake sensibilities. What got me more is Roman's reasoning. Uh, he, he said, because he had this line, I, I said this to close my Raw review. I don't just want Brock to turn up. I want Brock to want to turn up. Yeah. I just thought that is the stereotypical joke line of a woman taught, like complaining to a man in a relationship. You know, I don't want you to just do the housework. I want you to want to do the housework. You know, you should want to do these things yourself. And Rain said that line. I was like, what a ill-advised line to give someone who you're trying to get over as a badass, because now he's the one who looks like a whiny bitch. Yeah, I completely agree. It's not great. It's not a great line. And all that great work you did last week, it, this was ill-advised. The Wrestle Ramble will be right back after these short messages. <laughs> This podcast is brought to you in part by Patreon. For just $5 a month, you'll get access to our monthly Wrestle Ramble Extra, where Ollie and I review pay-per-views from wrestling's past as voted for by Patreon backers. Last month, it was the terrific No Way Out 2004, and if you pledge, you'll be able to hear our back catalogue of episodes, including Wrestle Kingdom 10, Halloween Havoc 1998, and Armageddon 2000, to name but a few. The poll for this month's episode is now open, and it's WrestleMania heavy including Manias 3, 9, 14, 25, 26, and 27, as well as WCW's final pay-per-view Greed, Progress Chapter 1, and ROH's 11th anniversary show. The poll closes this weekend, so head over to patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk for more information. Before we get on to SmackDown, we've got a few things to tell you about Ramble Club. 
Yes, we do. So uh, we... We haven't rehearsed this advert, <laughs> as you can tell by that short pause there. We could probably do it better. We have launched today, in fact, it's gone just as we're recording this, gone live, our first episode of Ramble Club. This is a brand new podcast that Ollie and I have launched. It that is... you voted for. You wanted to see this as part of your Patreon perks. Absolutely. And this is for $10 and above backers. It is a two and a half hour podcast where we review non-main roster WWE stuff. So we review... NXT matches, Ring of Honor matches, some New Japan stuff. We reviewed uh, Okada versus um, uh, Will Ospreay from the 46th anniversary show. We also did the Golden Lovers versus Cody and Marty Skrull. Which is Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi, the Golden Lovers. Uh, you also reviewed uh, the Hunger Bucks versus SoCal and yeah. Censored. Yeah, that's uh, on Ring of Honor TV. Yeah, we're just trying to... It's it's part of a bigger learning experience for us to... meet Me and Luke, as much as everyone else, to really explore the world of uh, wrestling outside main roster WWE. And next month we're going to look we're going to explore even further because we we wanted to do some evolve stuff and some PWG mm. stuff and and this sort of stuff but like getting access to it was a bit harder than we had anticipated. Baby steps. Baby steps. So next month we're going to be doing much more stuff because we talked about on the podcast we'd really like to do some WXW stuff mm. with there's loads of stuff outside progress progress rev pro yeah. loads of stuff we really want to cover but we do talk a lot of I have a bit of an in-depth uh, discussion about Women of Honor, the Women of Honor tournament that's currently going on at the moment, the first round match and the, the debut of Tennille Dashwood, uh, a.k.a. Emma. So there's a lot of stuff in there. And as an extra added bonus within an already bonus podcast... You wanted to see it. We or read... Or hear it. Re- yeah. Re- we read Big Apple Takedown, a WWE novel by Rudy Josephs. And uh, we were aiming to read the prologue but the prologue's long, and what we read eight pages, and that took us that took half us, an hour. Took us like thirty-five minutes. Yes, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Well, we'll see. Maybe you want to see more of that next time. If if that is the case, it is going to take us a long time to get through that book. If you don't know what Big Apple Takedown is, it's a uh, it's a book where two thousand and six. This cast your mind back. Uh, WWE superstars are a, a sort of government spies and they yes. take down a meth operation <laughs> and, it, and it's got Tory Wilson on the cover WWE like meets Breaking Bad it's the crossover you've always been wanting before Breaking Bad was a thing so if you want to watch uh, sorry listen to that that's available for Patreon uh, donators above $10 a month or more there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive & June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive & June, too, is it's a quick dry. It dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. It's a SmackDown review, Magal. I love it. We got us a flying Uso. So we just did a Patreon uh, plug. I guess a lot of people would have skipped it, and now they're probably writing underneath. You're just putting everything behind a paywall. This is so we're just gonna talk forever. This isn't getting shorter. There's just not as much stuff to talk about. We are gonna talk you into submission here now. All right, calm Smackdown. down, Snowflake. Smackdown, 6th of March, 2018. We kicked off. This is the go-home show to Fastlane. Sure it didn't feel like one. Well, actually, no, I think it did feel like oh, one. But it not, Yeah, I thought it did feel like one, but it wasn't a home run of a mm. go-home show. That's how I described it. A go-home run. A go-home run. It wasn't. That's how I described it in the, the review today. I didn't, it didn't feel like a home run of a go-home show. But I feel, in particular, this opening segment. So... Charlotte comes down to the ring to be interviewed by um, WWE's latest android. and uh, She's an old one. And she's Dasher. She is their latest model, though. Like I think she's the most up-to-date model right, that right, they yeah, have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the least personality. Yes, yeah. yeah. Like, before, like, because it used to be Char- um, Charlie, but then she became self-aware and actually grew a personality. <laughs> so, like, Dash is going to be getting there soon. I... <laughs> she recognised her own reflection. She she got a, yeah, self-consciousness and waking love? <laughs> what is love? What is... What is this championship opportunity you <laughs> speak of? Dasha did, you know, she she did show a bit of personality. She big beaming smile. She hyped the crowd to open the show. Yep, um, she had the Shane McMahon spot. She she uh, introduced Charlotte, who came down to the ring, and then Ruby Riot came down, and they were going to have like this sort of promo standoff, I guess. I'm just going to run through what happened in sure. this segment because this I found this to be bizarrely odd. Okay. Because Charlotte, um, well, like, she says some things, and then Ruby cuts this promo about, "Hey, like I have clawed my way to get to this championship opportunity. You, on the other hand, because of your last name, you've been handed absolutely everything on a silver platter. You know, you're, I'm cool, you're not. And at the at fast lane, you're going to be nothing but a bleach blonde failure with a famous last name. Wonderful. That's a great little money mm. line there from Ruby. Right? It's come far too late in this feud, but that's a that's a really good line. It's about time they actually gave this this feud a storyline. It took them. Six, seven weeks but we got there and then charlotte fires back not in the best way by sort of saying like hey just because i'm famous doesn't mean i haven't worked hard i because i'm famous i've had to work harder harder to buy into but um you know she she cuts this promo and then the riot squad get in and i sort of was like okay and i started to write my notes of course so becky and naomi come out next maybe we'll get a six-woman tag 
then Bobby Roode comes out. Mm. And I'm like, huh, well, this is interesting. Bobby Roode is here. This is the odd bit. Now I see what you mean. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. Bobby Roode like, comes out. He makes his big entrance. Charlotte's in the ring with this beaming smile on her face. Like, this hand. Like, 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 oh, my, oh God, my God. Bobby Roode is here. Oh, but my golden... No, not golden robes. What are they called? The, the glorious, glorious robe, robe warriors. Is that they're what they're called? called? Oh, that's clever. Oh, my robe warrior buddy has come to save me. Oh, she, oh my god! Oh my god! And then the commentators are just like, "Oh, and Bobby Roode is here because he's doing commentary for Jinder Mahal versus Randy Orton." I'm like, "Cool." So what's that got to do with this women's segment? Yeah. And then the women's segment ends. Yeah. Uh, the Riot Squad disappear. It goes to commercial. We come back, and Randy Orton and Jinder Mahal are coming out for their match. I'm like, "Did that segment end? There did must- we did we get an end to that promo?" There must have been something for the live crowd. It would have just looked too weird for them to go in and then the others walk out. No, I'm pretty sure that's exactly what happened. Yeah, well, to, on TV it did, but there was an ad break in there. Oh no, I, th- I even think for the live crowd that's probably what happened. But it was just, it was so weird because that segment didn't feel like it had an ending. Mm. It was the first two thirds of a segment, but it was missing its finale. Yeah, like it, there was no like go home money line of being like at Sunday X Y and Z. And or you know, and a, and a rebuttal. It was just like it's a square off, and then the men come down, and the segment ends. So weird. I thought more naturally it would have worked if Bobby Roode came out, teamed with uh, Charlotte to face Ruby Riot and Randy Orton. I mean, Randy Orton wouldn't really work, but Jinder Mahal's in the mix. Randy Orton could be on commentary. That's how you move those places, those pieces into place. Uh, so much of a better idea. Yeah, and, and just the. Uh, was, I really had a problem with the way after Charlotte did I, I was actually a fan of her comeback you know I've had to work harder I've had all this pressure on me and I'm still as good as I am I have um, what was her when she's like uh, I have transcended the myth yeah but well that that was awful verbiage but the sentiment was good and you know I like it when wrestlers talk about how good they are yeah makes sense and but but when she was so blushing and thankful when Bobby came down I was like you look a bit like like a nerd now after doing it's just it doesn't the, the, there was no transition period for that to be okay it was, it's, it was that line she had in the Ronda Rousey video package where she was like the great thing about Ronda is she's a star mm. oh so yeah. you're not then uh, the I, I just want to say something more about Dasha. So Dasha, <laughs> uh, a big, a big ceremony and a plum of getting these people out. I, here. So. I felt like I was really harsh on her in the in the SmackDown live oh, review. Oh, what did you say? Well, it's, I just kept referring to her as a, a mechanoid, and <laughs> series three, a series three mechanoid, <laughs> which is what Crichton is in Red Dwarf. And um, and at the end of it, you know where you like you have to substitute Raw for a joke, like the worst thing. Mm. There was nothing really to make fun of on Raw. There was nothing really to make fun of on SmackDown. So I just said Dash's interview skills, Aww. and then I followed that up with that is really harsh on Dash, but there was little to make fun of. Well, it's like she gets Charlotte out and she gets Ruby out, and I thought, okay, this is going to be slightly different than normal to an in-ring promo segment because you've got the interviewer there to go back and forth. Dasha asks Ruby how uh, you know how she's feeling about the match or whatever, and Ruby goes, "You're dismissed," or, <laughs> yeah. or something to that effect. It's okay, I'll take it from here. And Dasha just gets out of the ring. So what's the point? <laughs> yeah. Can't have them taking the heat. But Renee does that. They do that with Renee as well. Renee will start an yeah. interview segment and then will just disappear. No Renee on this week's Raw or SmackDown. No, she was ill. Was she really? Yeah, I was going to say Ill. she was sorely missed. Get better soon, Renee. 
Next, uh, yeah, she's right there in toy form. She's with us in spirit. Still packaged <laughs> for the resale. Mint value. on card. Yeah. Uh, Jinder Mahal beat Randy Orton next with Bobby Roode on commentary. What a, you know, reviving this classic feud from the post-WrestleMania season last yeah. year. So outside of the ring, Randy like threw Jinder into Bobby. It wasn't, it didn't look like it was on purpose or anything like that. She, he just threw Jinder uh, into Bobby Roode. And then Bobby Roode got up on the apron. Randy Orton was distracted. Uh, Mahal hit the Coloss and pinned Randy Orton because that's how you get people excited about a championship mm. match by having the challenger lose five days before it. Yeah. Uh, but we did get Randy... Uh, my favourite spot from the old uh, Jinder Mahal versus Orton matches. Killer Singh, brother. <laughs> and he just threw him up on the air. The tables, tables don't break for Singh, brothers. You need a little bit more weight. And he just... Was it Sunil? No, it's the other one, Samir. Oh, oh I is, don't know. Is Sunil Sunil's the one that's injured, isn't he? Can't remember. Or is Samir the one? I'm just that's gonna injured. say a sing by that. He just lands on the back of his neck. He he bounces oh, up and loves throwing them up there. Those guys. They bounce like it's a bouncy castle, mm. but those things are not made out of bouncy castle. And they've still got the monitors in. <laughs> so next up, we had uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn backstage, and, and Owens was like. You know, you said the other week that you're going to lay down for me in the ring when the time is right. I just want to say, that's great. Thank you so much. And they hug. So something's awry here. No, this is not the yeah. sort of segment that happens when everything's cool. Okay, I mean, I'll, I'll do this now rather than sort of save it for the end. But can you even imagine being the creative team on SmackDown Live looking at Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn that you put together in October and thinking like... Now we've done all we can with these now. I think it's definitely time we split them up. <sighs> can you even imagine such a thing? Like it it just boggles my mind that we're here in March and they're like, now nah, we're done with them now. Like yeah. they've they've run their course. When they really haven't. They've had one feud with it's, Shane McMahon of all people. And it's not even over. And it's not even over, it's still going on. It's like a background bu- bubbling feud. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. It's it's a it's a massive fail. Such a fail. And and I hate to say it because I love Kevin Steen he is one of my Owens he is one of my favourites of all time um, you Mark yeah I am, for, I am I really am and what has he done on the main roster that has ended good hmm. has he ever had a programme or a storyline that's ended good his first few, the Sami Zayn like their last ever match they that's had that's true Battleground 2016 yeah fantastic great match and a great ending as yes. well but then they were both drafted to Raw where they continued to have matches so yeah. that maybe you're right maybe that, that didn't end at all then that didn't end well that's well. the feud that's going to go forever so you almost can't it's just you know it's how do it better Baron Corbin had a promo calling out John Cena with words on the screen Man, because they had that great SummerSlam match, didn't they? They sure did. A rivalry renewed with a bit of luck. And then the first properly good segment, I would say, to hype Fastlane. This ruled. An Usos versus New Day video package that was just... I mean, WWE do very good video packages all the time. It's almost something we don't mention because it's par of the course. So for them to do such a good video package that deserves mention like this... It's an incredible video package. It's so good. Yeah. It was great because like it really played upon the promo from last week, which was probably the best thing on SmackDown Live last week. Mm-hmm. With mm. it, And it was the Usos cutting this promo about how they've been together for nine years and they've never been on the WrestleMania card. And the uh, the New Day's are there. Like, in the New Day are there. They've been hanging out in the past. 
and that they should come and join the future because we've reinvented ourselves and we're now the future of tag team wrestling and then Big E I, I, watching Big E's promo again just what a wonderful great promo with mm. awesome delivery where it's like we have like have you lost your mind what a great line that was it was like have you lost your mind and they, but they had it with all this footage of the Usos in their like goofy face paint days and like when they were you know when I say oos, you say oh, and they did all of this, and it had all of the New Day success stuff. It was just a great video package. And this is, without a shadow of a doubt, the match I'm most looking forward to at Fastlane. And that's got little to do with the fact that they've had great matches on pay-per-view in the past. It's just in this sort of two-week build that they've had. They've done such an amazing job mm. of getting me excited for it. Because somehow they've managed to turn a feud that really only started in the middle of last year. And they've made it seem like this four-year war where these two teams are just in, in constant battle for supremacy or, you know, one was overlooked while the other was on top. Just great stuff. And, you know, you know, I was kind of confused over how they would build the match this week because the segment last week was so good. I was worried they'd just do a singles match and, and do a throwaway thing like that. But uh, this, in terms of a go-home segment, a video package was more than enough. I loved it. My particular favourite shot was when they had Biggie's line about we didn't have a famous father to get us where we are. And they had this incredible black and white shot of the oos of Jimmy J and Rikishi just turning to the, the camera. Yeah. Oh, it was really, really good stuff. WWE, we give them a lot of flack, but they... No one can even come close when it comes to video packages. Absolutely. Incredible. So good. Uh, next up, Shinsuke and Rusev backstage. Yeah, so Shinsuke cut a promo saying that he hopes that AJ wins because he wants to knee AJ in the face and, you know, win the WWE Championship. Lovely little mm -hmm. bit of line. So um, Rusev then came in, but Aiden English can't sing because his throat hurts because Shinsuke Nakamura kneed him in the throat last week. And so I'm watching this segment and I suddenly like almost had to pause and be like, right, so... Rusev Day is one of your most over babyface mm. acts that you refuse to push as a babyface. You're just keeping them as a heel. And one of the most over things about this is the fact that Aiden sings and he sings Rusev Day. So why would you have a babyface? You're a guy you're trying to position as your number one babyface on the in the uh, in the promotion or in, at least on the brand as the guy who's denying the fans the singing. That's not going to help Shinsuke. Mm. That's going to make people boo him because you're taking stuff away that people like. Yeah, this is. It's a, it's that WWE mentality. I'm like, it's so weird that we've gone from praising them so hard mm. on that video to kind of like me getting a little bit wound up by this. It's that WWE mentality of just like, no, he's a heel. Have you seen the way he sings? He's a heel. Mm. Ignoring the fact that people like that, but but just pretending that people don't like it. So weird. I completely agree with all of that sentiment. However, Nakamura sang that it's going to be Nakamura Day. That was great, and that was really good. <laughs> but yes, I completely agree with. Why would you take away the hottest thing in the company at the moment? It's weird. You know, I, I sometimes I get dejected with my own thought process and think, do, do I really think that WWE should just turn everyone heel? <laughs> yeah. And then I, then I see something like Rusev. I was like, no, no, occasionally being a babyface is cooler. It just has to, it has to work. It has to happen naturally. And this is one of them. So, But there was a great line from this when, so Nakamura sings that on Sunday it's going to be Nakamura Day. Nice mm. little singing voice. And he walks off. And off mic, Rusev just goes, you can't make up your own holiday, bro. Yeah. It's a wonderful little line. Really good. 
Uh, then we had Becky Lynch versus Carmella. Whoa, whoa, whoa. A second oh, women's segment on yeah. SmackDown? <laughs> is this that the Twilight crazy. Zone? I think it's building to a big multi-person match at <laughs> so, You know, take it where you can get it. Maybe. Carmella, I thought, looked pretty good in this match. Yeah. And she was dominating the match. And... That to the extent where Becky Lynch got some good heat, you know, some sympathy heat from the crowd. They didn't want to get a, her to, they didn't want to see her get beat down so much. I was, I actually thought, I wouldn't mind seeing this go ten, fifteen minutes. Yeah, because th- this was the structure of the match was playing out quite nicely, where Becky was building up for her comeback, and then they can have a near fall, and then go into like the the final stages of the match. But they cut it short. Becky had her comeback, and then got a surprise roll up. No, she uh, she tapped her out with the disarm. Oh yeah, she tapped her out. Yes, you. Sorry, my my apologies. So, I yeah, I thought this was going to be better. Becky Lynch is WWE's uh, most underutilized female wrestler. Like she is so over, and they just refuse mm. to put her into like into title programs. Like she hasn't had a title program since she lost the belt. You know, like way back yeah. when. It just seems so bizarre to have someone. She's been. She's now been treading water on SmackDown for almost fifteen months. By like by this point, it's remarkable how little they do with her. Did you see her tweet? Because she's also not just an accomplished wrestler and performer. She is a master of puns. She is. She does love a pun. So she tweeted. You know, after that match, they. I might as well call you C Mella, because I took your arm. And I'm, mm. I'm looking at it and think, what's a C. Mella? And I even Googled C. Mella oh, on Urban Davis. Dictionary. <laughs> and I remember, oh, you took the ARM out of Carmella. Good work. Well done, Becky. So after this, now they cut backstage. Naomi's watching the, the, the match on the monitor. Like a normal human. Like a normal person. And Natalia comes in and says that she's going to challenge the winner of the Fastlane match. And Naomi's kind of like, well, you know, I'm, meh, no one likes you. So I, you I, have cats. Yeah, I. Natalia did say I've got a boyfriend, <laughs> which was funny. But the I feel like after Fast Lane, oh man, but Charlotte versus Asuka maybe. I don't know what they're doing with the women's division on either brand. No, Beca- I know it, what they're doing with uh, Nia Jackson and Alexa Bliss. That it, one I can see. That's that's almost fairly clear. But maybe that's after Mania. Oh, and, maybe and yeah. Asuka faces Bliss still. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. You've got a, a couple of moving parts there. Yeah, but this was a moment in this. I don't know why this made me like laugh unintentionally. Mm. But um, so they challenge like, Naomi sets up a match for Fastlane. It's going to be Naomi and Becky versus Natalia and Carmella because Natalia and Carmella are best. Did that mo- happen? Yeah, they've made a match for Fastlane. That was the point of this segment. Mm. That passed me by. Did it? I don't know how that didn't go into my head. Yeah, that's that was the whole point of this segment was they made they made a tag match for Fastlane. Okay, proceed. But um, at the end of it, so Natalia was like, "Yeah, that's fine," and then she walks off, and then Naomi was like, "Get out of here!" Yeah, I was yeah. like, "Mate, she's already gone." Ah, <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. But a much better impromptu moment happened next because we had snow bump. <laughs> this was great. They did a, you know how they do the shots outside to say this is where we are. Oh look, it's snowing outside. They had a clip from earlier in the day where I assume a member of their crew who was ridiculously wearing shorts walks up to the statue. Like me last week. Yeah, and stacks it, and uh, the the announcers are laughing. <laughs> I, I, I laughed a lot. <laughs> People, the goddamn Almighty's broken in half. People falling over in the snow is. Oh, yeah. uh, there was a um, 
uh, I think there was a video for it. There's like, an advert on Comedy Central at the moment that is just people falling over in snow. I laughed hysterically yeah. about the entire thing. It's like, watching people try to get out of their car when it's like ice surrounding them. Funny as hell, man. Slapstick. It's the, it's the most universal form of comedy. That's why Mr. Bean ruled. AJ Styles took on Dolph Ziggler next. It started off as an AJ promo, though. Yes. This was the one. This was a. I thought this was. I like the content of the promo, but like most things on WWE, I thought it went too long. Would you agree? Yeah. I mean, he was essentially here to say that he's doing things for the fans. And it, it was weird because he only did this thing like I'm doing this for the fans because that set up Dolph's lines later on like get, mm. like he's never really been about hey we're doing this together you yeah. like you guys like I'm doing this because I like I, like, I want to do this because it's a dream match that you guys want to see and I've just I felt you want to do this because you want to face the best and you yeah. want to be the champion and it was but it was only there just so Dolph could do his lines because Dolph then came out and was like oh you shouldn't do things for the fans because they'll just turn their back on you like they turned their back on me and I did like Dolph coming out to the record scratch though okay so here's what happened the record scratch hit then there's silence Dolph walks out then his music plays then he starts his promo and the music fades out like you barely heard anything in the music why did you even bother and he's like, what's he supposed to be? He Here he was a heel. Last week he was a face heel. The week before that he was a face. I just... He, he needs a more consistent character for me to get invested in him. Otherwise, you're telling us, don't care about what Dolph Ziggler does. Yeah. Because next week it won't matter. Yes, absolutely. But it, I, there was a nice poor, uh, part of his uh, promo where he said, I won money in the bank and then I cashed it and I became world heavyweight champion and we shared that together, referring to the fans. But they didn't deserve that moment. And I, I thought it was like a nice little thing because he's, he's turned his back on the fans, which I think is the promo that Natalia cut the, hmm. last year that never really went anywhere. Copy and paste. <laughs> I, I, I liked AJ's line about, you know, he hasn't done anything in 15 years. And Ziggler was like, it took you 10 years to get here, mate. Yeah. So that was nice. Was a, Dolph also said in this promo that he has been uh, with the WWE now for 13 years and has never had a singles match at WrestleMania. And I was like, what a damning indictment of WWE being able to build stars. I didn't know that. I Well, I knew he... I, I was trying to rack my brain to see if he... I, think I could think of, like, one Dolph Ziggler match I can think of on pay-per-view. At least I think Dolph was involved in that. Was that the Team Teddy versus Team Johnny stuff? Was he involved in that? Probably. Zack Ryder was. I know that much. Wasn't he? Well, he's had uh, he's had a few multi-man intercontinental titles. Money in the Bank, probably. Possibly. Yeah. Can't remember them all. But I, I, th- that was. I didn't know that. That was quite stunning. And this turned into we're going to have the main even, event. Even Fandango has had a singles match mm. on WrestleMania. We're going to have the main event right now. A commercial break. Shrink screen. Styles was sent into the ring post off the apron. I thought that was good. So Dolph gets on top for a bit. Dolph goes to hit the Styles Clash, which was a nice heel moment. Yep. But AJ powered out. The match was starting to get good. And like I was excited about these two wrestling anyway, because I thought this would be a really good match. And it was just about to get into that next gear from the opening phase into the, the real good part of the match. But then Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn ran down to beat them up. It was such a lame DQ yeah. finish. Like I, it was a real roll your eyes moment, and not in the way that I think WWE want you to have that, which is just like, oh, you dicks, you ruined that match. More, it's just like a, oh god, this again. Mm. I, it really did like, put a, and I was, I wrote the exact same thing. This was just about to get into its next gear and get really, really good, 
and then just got a lame DQ finish, a lame and uncreated DQ finish. Yeah, it would like it would have been better if they if it was right at the closing stages of the match, and then you cheat the fans out of a clean winner. But not when you cheat the fans out of anything good at all. Yeah. It's just all bad then. Uh, so that was bad. And what was, you know, <laughs> Shane then comes out and says, well, I'm not going to turn this into a tag team match, players. I wrote it down as well. I literally, when they attacked, yeah. I wrote down AJ Dolph versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. And, you know, credits to WWE, they did something different. <laughs> they did something different, but it's also the pay-per-view exactly main event. the same without John Cena. So it's going to be a fatal five-way right now with Baron Corbin. Lazy, lazy, lazy. This is your pay-per-view main event in five days, only now you get to see it for free on TV, essentially. Well, it's... Yes, that, and... And it doesn't have the biggest star. Yeah, that because, does, yeah, that... And it makes everyone else look so little because the pay-per-view is... You know, that's where the money is. That's where you see Johnny Boy. Yeah. Yeah, Big Punch John. did not like that presentation. However, the match was real good. Apart from the Tower of Doom suplex spot, which I'm completely over now. I don't care when that happens at all. That is just... yeah. Apart from when Bray Wyatt breaks them up. (laughs) I like it when that happens. That is now the only reason to do a Tower of Doom spot. Yeah. Now, what I did like about this... Um, to to throw some positives on this. Aside from actually, I really like the ending. Well, I like, yeah, I like the whole match. Yeah, after that, yeah, yeah. There were two really key stories they were telling in this, which were Sammy and Kevin working together, and it really was like uh, Kevin would be working over someone, and Sammy would just be knocking down everyone else, keeping them out of the ring, keeping them in the corners so they could just focus on, and they were just sort of like cycling them in and out, just kind of switching between them. But even better was the story that they were telling with AJ Styles, which is every time someone nearly got a pin. AJ was mm. there to break it up and it was always AJ having to get back into the ring to break this pin and it told the story that, that Styles doesn't have to be involved to lose his championship and he's got to be everywhere at all times during the six packs challenge that comes Sunday in order to retain his championship and do it for us go into Wrestlemania as the WWE champion so I thought that was actually a really nice story that they told throughout this match totally totally agree and everyone got a, a real nice time to shine here when they Corbin looked great in I this wrote match. down the same thing Corbin looked so good in this match yes yes I did. so you're on you're on team Corbin now I feel like I'm starting to get on team Corbs ah yeah so you're talking about the bit so he has a little run and it starts I think with AJ about to do the phenomenal forearm springboards up onto the top rope coming down Corbin just clobbers him with a right hand and AJ sells it going down love that and then he ran out the ring and does his run round the ring post spot yeah. and back in and then a deep deep six deep on Kevin Owens Sami yeah. Zayn uh, no it was Kevin Owens he did hit I on. think it was Sami Zayn because uh, Sami Zayn is the clothesline on when he came back into the mm. ring and then hit the deep six on Kevin Owens have you written I, your notes wrong no I'm not I'm doing that from memory I've got a visual of that in my head so we'll, we'll move on from that who don't know who wins there I'm, it's uh, me uh, but yes, I yeah. So Corbin was great, and that's like you said, the AJ story was really, really good. Uh, but the I the, the ending genuinely caught me by surprise. Didn't it just mm. yeah. It, so Kevin Owens clear the ring. It looks like they're they're going to team up together. They're just about to run wild. Out of nowhere, Kevin Owens, uh, sorry, Sami Zayn hits Kevin Owens with the halluva kick and pins him. And it was a really great, like, shock out of nowhere win. Again, putting over that idea that you've got to have your eyes peeled mm. everywhere when you're watching this match because someone just might get a shock win out of nowhere. So, although I thought setting up a fatal five-way minus your star on TV for free five days before the pay-per-view was a very odd choice, it did tell a very good story throughout and it kind of got these elements over. You could have just done it in a different mm. way. You could have done it in different matches, uh, for example. 
but I, I really enjoyed it. It's actually made me a little bit excited for the uh, the pay per view on Sunday. Um, just if you continue to tell these sorts of stories, and then uh, Sammy hit a uh, Sammy hit Sammy cut a uh, promo afterwards with the uh, the android and um, just mm. said like I'm the, I'm the most overlooked wrestler on the SmackDown roster and I'm the best. I thought what what a ridiculous thing to to do. Why not have it end on the cliffhanger of the Sammy win? Yeah. Why have that interview at the top? I, I hate it when they do that. SmackDown is really bad for that. High point of tension, cliffhanger moment. Let's let it fizzle out. Yeah. For three minutes. It almost feels like the shows aren't timed out correctly. Yeah. And like that sort of stuff is just meant to be there for the live crowd. Mm. But they they just they run short all the time. Yeah. I don't I don't know. So who won? Who do you think uh was was the better show this week? I'm gonna go SmackDown. It's a tough one, isn't it? No, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm saying Raw. I thought Raw was a much better show this yeah, yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I thought SmackDown was much better than it's been in previous weeks. Yeah, I mean, I gave it a high smack bang in the middle. Yeah, and talking about that main event uh, actually got me quite geared up for Fastlane and the new Day Usos match. We'll, of course, have our predictions on Friday on Wrestle Ramble. Uh, the. But the um, yeah, Raw was much better actually with the Symphony of Destruction match, that opening segment, the mm-hmm. uh, the the Mizzes. Yep. Uh, Nia Jax, so many positives from Raw. Well, that's it. Like, uh, you know, I, I talked about it a little bit in this when I was writing my SmackDown review. I was going back through all my Raw notes, being like, okay, what can I make fun of here to put in the the, the fifth slot of like the worst mm. re- the worst rating possible? And I was like, Joe, I don't think I hated anything on Raw. Mm. There was stuff that I thought was average and fine, but like there was nothing I actively hated. And that's that aim, isn't it? Yeah. For WWE to produce programming that you don't actively hate, that you just, just do that, and we're happy. We're happy. I watch them go like that is. Base level fine. Yeah. <laughs> Passable. <laughs> Stuff okay. Well, I was looking through the uh, reviews or the feedback we got to the SmackDown review that I had managed to check in between us finishing up the Wrestle Ramble and recording this podcast mm. intro and outro. People seemed very down on the episode this week. A lot of people saying that I rated it far too highly at Smack oh, wow. Bang in the middle. I didn't think it was. You know, in terms of WWE go-home shows, which is a very low bar, this was okay. Yeah, it was it, fine. It, it tripped over the bar, which means it still got over it. Stuff fine. Yeah, stuff... Yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, stuff... Stuff all right. Yeah. We've got another piece of correspondence. I love the word correspondence. It's, really? It makes me like... I like that we can use that word here on the podcast, but this is from... A gimmick. This is from <laughs> Matthew Russell, uh, and this is in... Um, you know, this is in um, connection with the Kalamazoo chat mm. that we had quite recently. Uh, my name is Matt Russell. I'm from Coopersville, Michigan, hometown of Del Shannon, which is about an hour from Kalamazoo, which is the hometown of Bell's Brewery, Gibson Guitars, and Christopher Daniels, and many other interesting facts. And then he goes on to give us some history, history of Michigan and wrestling. Michigan has a long history with wrestling, and not just in Detroit. A lot of big WWE storylines happen in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I, that, yeah, I feel like I know Grand Rapids, Michigan. I, you, now From that I've like, read that, I'm like, I know that one. Yeah. I've heard of that before. It's like Smackdown Sky <laughs> 1 in the noughties from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, such as Stone Cold's crushing yes. the Rock's car with a monster truck, Shawn Michaels' return to face with Randy Orton, and many more. I occasionally will run into the alpha male Monty Brown, as we're both alumni of Ferris State University, and, he, State. and he works with their football team quite often. 
I'd love to have a word with Monty Brown. I don't know who Monty Brown is. the alpha male, Monty Brown from TNA. He then joined um, ECW, big air quotes, mm. because uh, the, the WWE version of ECW, as Marcus Corvon. And uh, he lasted, he's got a WrestleMania match under his cards when they did the ECW... A singles orig- match? No. Oh. No, it was a multi-man tag match. It Could was the and Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> it was the uh, ECW New Blood, I think is what they call themselves, uh, versus the ECW Originals. Mm. Um, that was where CM Punk sided originally with the New Blood, then he turned his back on them and went sure. with the Originals. Um, uh, it's quite an interesting. It's quite interesting running into him at the grocery store. If you're interested in any more fun facts, feel free to ask. Do you want to ask any more? Uh, yeah, yeah. If if you have any more facts, send them. We like a fact. We love a fact. Uh, finally, I want to thank you and Ollie for rebuilding my love for wrestling, and it's gone down in the last ten years. But once I started watching your videos, I fell back in love with New Japan and Evolve and the former WCPW. I get all the WWE I need from you guys. Just keep up the great work and style. Thank you. Yes. Um. Right. I mean, should we do some iTunes reviews? Unless you've got anything else you want to talk about? No, that's uh. That's I'm I'm done. I'm actually really quite tired. You look so tired. You started oh. off this podcast intro quite hot, but as we got into the outro, mm. it's all the Winnie the Pooh nonsense has just yeah, worn yeah, yourself I out. Spaffed myself early. It's just it's so I was I was covered in sweat because mm. I'm quite a sweaty man anyway. Got a lot of body hair, and uh, I don't know if you ever get it, but the treadmill at the end, the front, the treadmill that faces you, and the bit of the mirror in front of me on the wall. That's my own sweat on it. Mm. Where my running motion, I presume, has flicked bits of sweat off my elbow. Yes. In the direction in front. I mean, I haven't seen the inside of a gym for a number of years, so no, I mm. don't I don't know what that might look it's like. It's going to change. One day, Luke, I'm going to take you with me on my Wednesday gym trip. Well, no, I've got to be here to edit the Wrestle Ramble. We can just set it and, and leave and then come back. Mm, maybe. Uh, I mean, I, I've got other things to do. So this is from Inconceivable. So he's put a TH where the C should be in the word inconceivable. Yep. I don't think he knows how that, what that word means. Good company. <laughs> Oftentimes, I get off from school when my parents do not get off from work, so I am home alone. However, Ollie and Luke are the best companions you could ever hope for. They are so natural, know so much about wrestling. We pretend to. Mm-hmm. And seem like genuinely nice guys. I would talk to them for hours about wrestling and not get bored. Challenge. <laughs> Cheers. P.S. I back you on Patreon with a $25 a month. You may have recognised from the name. If it didn't show up, I'm Tao Jumping the Smark Shulmiller. Shulmiller. Yes, well, Jumping the Smark, we obviously do recognise because we hear from him on Twitter quite a bit. Mm. But thank you very much, thank Jumping. You. Thank jumping you, Tao. Shark. Smark, Tao. I'm sorry, screwed up your name several times there. Want to do one more? Yes. Yeah. From Spiked Hair Joe. Wrestling done right. Honestly, I started off as a WrestleTalk TV listener on YouTube. I mean, not to be a pedant. You'd be a watcher then. You'd be a viewer. Like, oh, no, my... Oh, oh no. I hiccuped. <laughs> that, was, that was karma. You know, that instant karma thread on Reddit. That was um. We got had that for. Uh, we didn't mention it in the Ramble Club, but Kevin Kelly did that during the Okada uh, match. And he's just like, Okada. Yeah. <laughs> I always liked how Ollie and Luke would talk and review the Raw or SmackDown. A lot of WWE bores me now to the point where I record and fast forward through the stuff I don't like and commercials. But their Wrestle Talk news would catch me up to make sure I did not miss anything. I appreciate how the guys are open-minded about everything and will discuss. They helped me get into New Japan Pro, and I can't thank them enough for that. I like how we we seem to have been a, a gateway to quite a few people for that. Yeah, it's nice. One of the more one of the only things we've done for good 
I would say. Well, and introduce the world to Ooh Kingslayer and Stuff mm. Bad. I recently started listening to the podcasts, and they are great entertainment. The antiques and shenanigans between the guys keep me hooked. Both of them make me make wrestling fun again. Please keep up the good work. The just I put good in myself. That isn't actually in there. <laughs> Please keep up the work, lads, guys. You got a subscriber here and on YouTube for life. Thank you, Spiked Hair Thank Joe. Thank you, Spiked Hair Joe. We will challenge that as well. Spike Hair Joe sounds like um, the bass player of <laughs> like a band in 2001, like a real big fish type what band. What was that? Uh, I used to love the real big fish. What's um, extreme? It, it was the guy with the bass. You know him, the bass guitarist with the really long beard and the crazy spike hair going all oh, the way. Oh, uh, Wayne Static. And what was his band called? Uh, Static X. Static X. Yeah, Wayne Static. there's an X in there he's, somewhere. He's dead now. Is he? Wayne Static died a couple of years ago, yeah. From what? I can't remember. But it was it was very oh, young. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, well, what a horrible note to leave things on. Yeah. We will be back on Friday with the predictions for Fastlane. Oh, that's going to be a heavy hitter, isn't it? It is indeed. I also uh, want to mention as well, I've remembered as you left, we did not reveal the winner of the uh, Fantasy Booking Warfare. Oh, so okay, so we'll do we'll, that we'll on do, the predictions We'll also do that show. on Friday. Maybe but we'll do it all on one big chunk on Monday. Yeah, maybe. With the reviews. Yeah. Well, anyway, we'll see, you, uh, we'll see you then. Love you, bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.